Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today is Share the Show Tuesday. And I just kind of wanted to tell people what, for me anyway, and I'd like to hear from you, Binkley, what is the main reason that we are doing this and what we, why we think, I think anyway, why people are listening. And this is it. I had to really clarify it because I feel like we've kind of gotten a bit more reach lately. I don't know if we hit critical mass or what, but I've just been getting a lot of trolling. And I'm I'm like, hmm, maybe we're making an impact. And that's in a way like that's I've never been super eager to be in the in that realm. And it's not like I also came to a revelation recently that it's it's not like we're going to we are we're not going to go back like they're they've really they they had the upper hand in this. Absolutely. They've been setting us up from education to fear to tearing down religion, everything for a 100 years. We're not going back. But we can we can't when the it's like when Churchill said there's an iron curtain is descending over Europe when the communists uh, started happening on in the East, there is an iron curtain, an iron shroud. I think I'm going to coin iron shroud engulfing the earth. Like there's an iron shroud engulfing the earth. It's I'm, I think it's fascism. You can call it communism. They're very similar. But when that, when that comes down, it can come all the way down to the ground or we can kind of keep it up a little bit over our heads and keep breathing. We need, I feel like we need to hold the line hold the ground for liberty and for me like number one thing right now i feel like is people fighting trying to set these precedents about vax mandates and stuff like i feel like the guys who are the lawyers who are going through the process brian festa robert barnes i liked what wayne Rody was talking about the people who are holding the line there with the process with the with the rights and everything i think there's a value there. And I think there's value in people waking up to it, what people won't stand. I think we need to just kick the can of tyranny as much as we can. I feel like human history is basically a big process of kicking the can of tyranny. So let's stay aware of what they're doing and how they're doing it. They're really doing it 100% through propaganda. And that's why that's what we're reporting on. And I think that if we're educated about it, we can educate our kids and our families, we might be able to get them to help us hold the line a little bit further down the road of liberty. That's really all we're doing. So if you know somebody who you feel like can that message will resonate with who can help us make a bigger chain then share the show with that person yeah that's fantastic and i think it is important that people continue to talk to each other one-on-one engage each other even if it's online one-on-one to talk to people when they're not under the influence of the mass crowd and mass psychosis which is kind of a way they prevent people from actually being able to influence and really open each other's eyes and there is an impact throughout history being able the people communicating the message that opens people's eyes to the manipulations of the powers that be has always had an influence because they have to win at least a majority of the masses 
to favor whatever they're doing in order to enact it. They need the people to beg for what they want to implement. So there is an impact when you can show people what's really going on and that slows down their process and they have to make adjustments and they have to make changes. They write about the adjustments and changes they have to make. So there's proof that it does have an impact. I agree. And I think that fear is the is the killer fear. Truly never before has it been has never been more true that the only thing to fear is fear itself. But fear not that the free 30 was just gobbled up by some of our pitch to spread the word. And trust me, like, I don't like to spend the time doing that. But the fact is, without a little critical mass, we will not be able to get enough people, enough sentiment to actually hold the line a little bit. So, but the free 30 will not be impacted. I am, we'll start that 30 right now with a story that you were way ahead of, Binkley. Yeah. The National School Board Association sent a letter last week asking the federal government to get involved in what they called an immediate threat of violence from parents that faced by American public school systems and education officials. And in their request, they asserted that these incidents of people speaking at school boards, these anti-maskers, that they, they said they were the equivalent of domestic terrorists and hate groups. And they asked for the FBI to intervene and in preventing them from being able to, quote, threaten these public school officials. Well, the Attorney General Garland has responded and he has called on the FBI in partnership with federal, state, local, tribal and territorial law enforcement to use the authority, its authority to address these threats. I can give you the relevant portions of his memorandum if you'd like to hear it. He says that in recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against public school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. And while spirited debate about policy is protected under the Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. So the department is taking these seriously, and they're committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, to identify them when they occur, and to prosecute them when appropriate. And in the coming days, the department is going to be announcing a series of measures designed to address the rise in this criminal conduct towards the school personnel. And it goes on to say, coordination and partnership with local law enforcement is critical to implementing these measures for the benefit of our nation's nearly 14,000 public school districts. To this end, I am directing the Federal Bureau of Investigation, working with each United States attorney, to convene meetings with federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders in each federal judicial district within 30 days of the issuance of this memorandum. These meetings will facilitate the discussion of strategies for addressing threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, and will open dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. That's the exact language used in a document that I brought up a while ago that was the Biden strategy on fighting domestic terrorism in America. He laid out this strategy on June 15th. They published it, and it uses the exact language and the exact framing as this letter that Garland put out. This is another extension of what they are doing to try and really classify anybody who protests the mask, anybody who is vaccine hesitant, anybody who questions the election as being a potential domestic terrorism threat. And they're training people to see this and to alert the FBI when they see this behavior. And the Facebook story goes into this as well. I won't go into that right now. Yeah, the this I'm not sure when you were reading that that was the Merrick Garland letter. 
in response to the Biden request? Because I think the letter that you maybe have read from or referred to last week, I have a passage from that. It's from the National School Board Association, and it says they are asking for the government to investigate these threats. And and they started that ball rolling. They said it could be equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crime. It said that uh, members of boards have been attacked for approving pandemic related mask policies and propaganda and and threats linked to propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory in so i don't know what they mean by the false inclusion does that mean they didn't include it or i don't know what but they're but they're doing both of those things the mask stuff and the critical race theory thing and i really liked the way neil mccluskey put it he's the director of the center for educational freedom at cato and i mean most of the libertarian stuff has been hijacked i think that's my opinion or i should say let me let me rephrase that usually people with liberty in libertarian institutions that have this kind of a high profile i wouldn't accept everything they say without scrutiny but i really like the way he put it he says this request threatens to chill even legitimate speech about what school districts teach or do not teach or policies they have citing several examples that appear to be clear political speech as criminally threatening and i have to say Wow, that's really interesting because I wrote a letter. I've never done this in my life, and I rent in this town. I'm trying to get the hell out of here, but there's like one really courageous neighbor who asked me to write a letter to the whatever city hall about maybe allowing some of these workers, the police, teachers, whatever, to have a testing um, alternative to the vax mandate. So I wrote a very comprehensive letter to every single person on the city council and the mayor of this town. I've just never, like in my own name. And I, I cited like, we, we know this, we know that, we know this. You could be opening yourselves up and the town up to liability and all that. And, and I was really worried. I was really concerned about kind of calling attention to myself. I, I couldn't really put my finger on why why that that I would be nervous about that. And I and I realized like there was a time not very long ago where you could feel totally confident expressing your purely political preference from a position of your rights in your town to your elected officials. And now I started to feel like, you know what, you can get penalized for that. It Absolutely. took courage. Yeah, it did. It really did. And that's what this kind of stuff is designed to do is to intimidate people who question things into remaining silent. One other thing from the Justice Department that followed up with this release, they said that the Justice Department is creating specialized training and guidance for local school boards and school administrators. And the training will help school board members and other potential victims understand the type of behavior that constitutes threats, how to report threatening conduct to the appropriate law enforcement agencies and how to capture and preserve evidence of threatening conduct to aid in the investigation and prosecution of these crimes. How to preserve, collect and preserve evidence. I'm assuming this is scouring Facebook, scouring social media, taking photo, photos of people. I mean, this is pretty crazy stuff. Everybody is an informant. That's what they want. That's really interesting because when you think about it, the place that you're... So we've been locked in here. So the place that 
is now the public square where you would even just use your Fourth Amendment right to have communications about such things is the place that they are going and empowering people to tell on you. And and there that's so interesting because there there has to be the sense of privacy for the Fourth Amendment to really matter. But when you have it out there. Right. And that's what in large part this Facebook hearing and whistleblower is about is they she's demonstrating to the public what these threats, these hate crime threats look like on social media. That is what part of this whole story is about. And in that same light, there was another story today where the FBI raided the New York City Police Union office and also the house of Ed Mullins, who is the head, who is the head of the SBA, which is the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. That's the it's the union. And some media are reporting that it's not clear why the FBI is targeting them because the FBI, the FBI wouldn't say. But others are saying that the raid is part of a probe into a potential mail and wire fraud. Now, Mullins has frequently clashed. He has like an ongoing social media battle with de Blasio. And Mullins also is a big supporter of Trump. He still is. And judging by social media, he's been he's being accused right now of using the SBA's Twitter to spread racism and hate. So it falls into that same theme on the same day. The timing is just always serves a narrative. There's other union stuff. Did you hear? I can't believe you didn't bring the union story from Hollywood. Because it's 150,000 people in that union. It's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. I only brought it because I wanted to be educated on it because I figured you would bring it. But maybe it's... I'm familiar with what's going on a little bit. Yeah, but maybe it's an LA thing. And it's funny because I got a tweet from somebody, a DM, saying, I know like all the news is about vaccines and COVID and stuff, but you're in LA now. Did you happen to hear that thunder and lightning? It's like absolutely unheard of out in California to have thunder and lightning. I've lived in LA before. And even I believe when I lived in Northern Cal, I've always noticed because I lived in Texas for a long time and Texas has the most bitchin' thunderstorms. I mean, I lived in a really old house that I think once had termites. So when the thunder would come, the whole house would shake. And I absolutely loved it. When I was a kid, I used to sit on the back porch. We had a tin roof and it would just, the rain would, would be deafening. Of course, I believe that I might have caused some serious heart damage on my golden retriever who could not handle the thunder at all. I would try to comfort her, but she just, there was nothing you could do. So I'd give her like whatever. I don't know. They gave me some medicine for her, but I really missed the thunder and lightning when I came out into California. So back way back in the day, the first time or the second time. Um, and so when it happened the other night and there was tons of lightning and thunder, I think it was last night. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I absolutely love it. And I thought oh, I'll clear all that crap out of the air. It never, ever rains here. This is great. Whatever. So when somebody said this is this is too weird. I mean, given that all weather is artificial out here, like they had to have allowed that or something broke or I don't know. So as soon as I saw there was like 150,000 person strike, I thought, oh, maybe they thought they were going to actually walk out. And they just started like throwing down bolts of lightning and stuff so that the people couldn't like physically strike. But I didn't see anything of that. I think what it was is just that they authorized this big, massive strike. And that gives a lot of power to the negotiators of the union. But it's funny because it's like a union versus basically a cartel. It's against the this 
association of alliance of motion picture and television producers so like apple and mgm and stuff they have their alliance and they negotiate with these guys collectively which seems to me a little bit of cartelization which seems like an antitrust issue anyway so it just really annoyed me because it actually sounds like their conditions are bad. Like they really, really work late. They, they're not even making $18 an hour, which is very hard to live out here. The very, they're very high taxes. You're still in like a federal tax bracket, although I don't know how much taxes you pay at $18, but it's not like making $18 in Idaho or Iowa. It's different and you really need a lot more to get by. And one of the things that I found was interesting is that they have this kind of exception for new media where they don't have to live up to the normal standards. They signed off on this in 2009 to foster kind of web streaming and all that. And they're like, this is now the industry standard. It's 12 years later, especially with COVID. Like that is where you're making all your money. You're making money hand over fist and you're working us to the bone. And the reason that annoyed me, I actually... I, I'm sympathetic to labor and, and as far as labor unions that don't use government to um, enforce their will on private employers or whatever, I'm very for that kind of collectivization if it's done ethically and morally. But it annoyed me because these guys who force all their propaganda down on us, their ESG standards, always, always, always in the name of helping poor people, people of one minority identity or a sexual identity or whatever, like the whole world needs to stop down and feel like crap because of how they treat basically the majority of people <laughs> fall into one of these categories. And these are these are low-paid workers, the, the ones who get it the worst are the low-paid workers who are largely from this high correlation between these identities that they say they care about and lower economic status. And I just feel like it's it's just another piece of evidence that that what they the what they use as the excuse to try to control the world and like just rape everybody, they don't live it at all and they don't care. Yeah, it, this is happening in Georgia too. They they just voted to strike over the the long hours. Just looks like this came through a little while ago. And if you've ever been on the set, the crew is worked like a dog. They work seriously like twenty hours. It's unbelievable, far more than the actors. Although the actors often often work long hours as well. Although sometimes you can have stand-ins and stuff, so you do get a, a little little bit of a reprieve. But yeah, that, that web transfer thing is back before 2009, which is around the time that I did this commercial. Uh, I was in a national commercial that aired for years. And prior to the whole web contract thing, if you book a national commercial, then you, it's a substantial amount of money. However, this kind of loophole with the web contracts thing allowed them to pay far, far less for the commercials and then still air it nationally for years. It was a substantial cut in the amount of pay for those types of commercials. Saying that makes me think that what they would do, and I'm guessing they did do, is basically restructure the entire industry to make sure that the maximum amount of the work that they were doing would fall under that kind of web carve out and have everything else fall out. And that over time could really result 
in basically everything falling under the carve out, which I think is the point they're making. It's not the carve out anymore. It's the standard. Yeah. And we need to approach that. I did, of course, look right away to see if it, it talks about vaccines at all, pro or con, fax mandates. Looked like the only thing they had on their website about COVID policy was from September 2020. And it said about testing, having a safe environment that way. So it doesn't look like they're down with vaccine mandates. They're certainly not taking that on. And they did ask only that if they have to get a vaccine for travel, that it's paid for. And I'll tell you, I have a vacation coming up. I'm very excited. I took a vacation in August with my family and my kids. And let me just tell you, any mom knows that is not a vacation. So now I'm taking a vacation with my husband and uh, and we're going to Hawaii, which we love. And they, although I will not be permitted to eat in any restaurant, so I guess I'll be cooking and cleaning anyway. That's okay. But uh, I have to get a COVID test, which I have never gotten before. And it's, I think it's like $150. It is. I've got This is like crazy. So I, there are, I, I don't know if there are some, maybe I can look into it, but you have to, for traveling, you have to do certain ones at certain times and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if they're getting hit with that kind of thing, but holy cannoli. Yeah, that does drive up the price of being unvaccinated. I did see where the Biden administration was going to be, or at least they were talking about sending tests around the country. I don't know if they've moved forward with that. I, they don't want that. And um, I did I did see some stuff about the way they're, the mandates are coming down from the feds and stuff in relation to Southwest Airlines and other airlines who are capitulating and i'll tell you why but only if we get to it let's let's just keep that to later. Yeah, i will say this i know a number of people on productions that are unvaccinated and don't intend to get vaccinated so while it does seem like they are trying to force the vaccine down and they are in some instances in other instances where you think they might be it's not actually as effective however the nba it seems to be effective right now, at least for some players. So we talked about Andrew Wiggins, who was opposed to the vaccine. He had his religious mandate rejected, and then he he got it. He was asked about this yesterday, and here's I'll tell you exactly what he said. He said that it was a tough decision, and he felt like he had to choose between getting vaccinated and playing in the NBA. He said he hopes in 10 years that he's still healthy, and that getting vaccinated was not something he wanted to do, but he was kind of forced to. And then he says that in order to work, that you don't own your own body. That's what it comes down to. You want to work in society today. They make the rules about what goes in your body and what you do. And he said, hopefully, there's a lot of people out there who are stronger than him and who keep fighting and stand for what they believe in. I have so much to say about this, but I don't want to step on your stuff. No, that's it. I just wanted to okay. tell you what is... You yeah, know. thank you. I, I'm really moved by that because it's very humbling. I know a lot. I have a huge family and some people think like me, some people don't. Um, I've also talked to a couple of men who are not in my family over the past week out here where things are really awful. And both of them said the same thing. I have a lot to say about this. I'll, I'll try to keep it quick, but this is just one piece of it. Both of them said the same thing. Like, we're against the vaccine. My wife and children are not getting the vaccine. We will do whatever we have to do to accommodate them. But they're all dependent on me. I have this job. I don't know how to do any other job. I certainly could not get another job right now to pay my bills. And because I'm out in the world and my clients, and these are all people who, I mean, one guy works outside. He's like a kind of construction worker guy. It's like, I'm being told that if I'm not vaccinated, everybody on my team is not vaccinated, we can't have this job. So two or three 
people I, I ran into don't know very well, but said like, as the head of the household, they have to make that sacrifice. And I'm really like, so when people say they can fall on the sword for it, I, I really feel like not everybody can. And it's, it's really sad. Um, I also feel, well, at Free Men Are Kings, aka Free King Awesome, very funny little Twitter handle, tweeted at me simply this when I tweeted that story, because I had that story too. This is rape. And I mean, he does, this guy, he said he does not own his own body. So, and then the headline I saw was he was forced to take the vaccine or quit. I sincerely hope they are not calling it quitting. But people are signing contracts. This goes to the Southwest Airlines story, if I ever get to it, maybe in the XR. They're signing contracts that say you must comply with our policies, never having anticipated that the policy might be taking a drug that hasn't been around for very long, isn't even really gone through the full approval process, is of a novel format, and you're not even sick. I mean, that that's something that might not have been anticipated, and then uh, I also feel like here's so when I thought that thing about the men, the head of the households, and there are a lot of women getting hit by this, too. There were teacher strikes in New York about the mandate. They're losing their jobs. A lot of them are women, healthcare workers, nurses. A lot of them are women who are losing their jobs. So it is hitting men and women both. I think I think it's gotten to the point where the majority of the workforce is women, actually. So I'm sure it's hitting them a lot, but it is. It is hitting the male head of household hard. And so you could say it's discriminating against them, but especially black men, obviously, if they're not inclined to take the vaccine. And and it seems to me that the risk of getting sick from the vaccine is similar to the risk of getting sick from COVID. It seems to me the people who've gotten sick from the vaccine were in those high risk categories. So and if you look at the stats, it looks like the this thing hits races differently and that black people get COVID more. Um, Maybe they're unvaccinated more in part because they understand that, that they have to evaluate the risk on personal level. And I just, the one, one of the things that really bothered me was that his religious exemption was denied. I mean, that's an assertion. It's it's not a request. And the I NBA lo- took that upon themselves. They don't let the team decide that. They said oh, you Adam can Silver? decide. We are deciding the NBA on the religious exemptions. So, like Adam Silver, the commissioner of that, yeah. that band, because I would like to know if Adam Silver is going to go negotiate a deal for Wiggins with St. Peter. Is he going to say, "Oh, St. Peter, I've got this. I've got don't don't worry, Andy. I'll be there. I I I'll, I'll talk to Pete." I got, I got this. Don't worry about it. Right. Is he going to, is he going to say that? Is he going to say to people, well, you know, you know, he's going to lose his job. You know, you got to get cut him. Slack. Yeah. Who, who knows? You know, who knows the answer to how that's going to go with St. Peter? Andrew, because it's his conscience and his conscience alone that he has to bring with him on that day. So I, I this is unconscionable to me. He clearly seemed kind of bummed out about it. If you watch the video, which I do link in the show notes, they don't overtly wasn't you must get it or you are fired. But they created that situation where he felt he had no other choice in that the NBA was relying on the city, the regulations in the city that he lives in by making a rule saying that the players must 
must follow the mandates of the city they live in and or that they play in. And he plays in California in San Francisco. So San Francisco doesn't let people get into the buildings. And strangely enough, players who come from another team to play, the, the visiting team, they don't have to follow the rules of the city. So an unvaccinated player who comes to play against them can play. But Wiggins would have to miss 41 games and, and forfeit his uh, salary, which would be like a total of $15 million or something. And that's, can they just, can he ask for a trade or they're probably punished? That's the thing is my guess is, I'm speculating here, but my guess is that they told him he's untradeable. Because that's what they've been saying on the sports show, saying these guys are untradeable, nobody wants them. So they probably made him feel like if he didn't play in these 41 games, they, they, they and nobody else had no use for him. But why, but why not go to Utah? I mean, they can't have it in Utah. No team wants to be the team who's trading for the unvaccinated players. Uh, you know what? They'd win every effing game. You might be right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could have the best player. All you'd have to say, see, that's why you know there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And that's the problem with the sports leagues. They're really like governments. Why aren't there? There's no real competition. It's a very, very political. And I don't think you see it. And part of it, a lot of these stadiums and stuff. They make deals with the governments. The governments will will issue tax-exempt bonds and stuff. They'll give tax. That's what happened with that Brave Stadium. I totally did an expose on it when they cut that deal in the dark of night. I think the guy's name was Tom Lee or something like that. I, I forgot exactly. but And he lost election afterwards, which he probably knew. Who knows what they told that guy. But what they didn't, what you don't see in the deal a lot of times is that they give them like property tax relief and stuff. So they they subsidize their costs in a way that like a mall would never get. Or maybe it's a mall that's associated with the stadium and stuff like there's just all sorts of behind the scenes stuff. And once you get started with behind the scenes stuff like that, you you have to you don't you can't be autonomous. Everybody is connected. We got to talk about this in the XR. I got all this stuff. All right. Well, before we get to our final story of the Free 30, which is going to be about the curious timing of the Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp outage yesterday, I'm going to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR20, which is going to be about the first case of alleged death by ransomware and how one expert believes that Havana syndrome is a global experiment in mass suggestion. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, Drom. Anybody who has used a dating app knows that they are terrible. They're superficial. They're just face swiping apps. And sometimes they have these expert matching apps, but they usually just kind of waste your time. I don't know very many people who have been successful in finding a partner through a dating app, but Drom is the answer to that problem because Drom is a new free dating app that's values-based where you pick your deal breakers and your deal makers, such as politics, religion, and anything else that you value in yourself and that you value in a partner. As soon as someone matches your deal breakers and your deal makers and you match theirs, you get a notification. And the cool thing about it too is that it is video-based, so you put your video up there presenting yourself. So, you know, it's not somebody with a doctored photograph from 15 years ago, and you can actually see that it is the person that you're talking to. Really great idea. A cool app. That's drom.date slash prop report. D-R-O-M dot date slash prop report. Check it out. Also, we've made a big change to the Patron 15, which is no longer called the Patron 15. It is actually now known as the DNBXR, 
Why? Because it's not just for patrons anymore. It's also for our premium subscribers on Rockfin. We will still be posting 45 minutes of commercial-free drive-time news blasts every day that we post to DMB, and you can access it by becoming a patron, but also by subscribing to our premium content on Rockfin. Now, you're familiar with the patron perks. If you're not, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Check them out there. The perks on Rockfin are a little bit different. On Rockfin, along with that full 45-minute DMB XR, you also get access to our Rockfin-only video deep dive podcast where we deconstruct videos of the powers that be laying their plans. So for $9.99 a month, you get all of our premium content, and you also get the premium content of all the other fantastic creators on Rockfin. So go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up through our channel today. And Monica named it DNBXR. Why did you name it DNBXR? <laughs> it's kind of funny because XR means extended release. And I figure since like everybody, I think we're, we're in the generation where everybody was, t- had a, you know, ADD medicine or whatever. I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. It was like a little bit of a, of a drug reference that I thought would appeal to the popular culture, but also, and it's not because it's X-rated at all. However, I did think that was kind of funny too, because while we do really try, it's very hard for me, but we really, really try to not be vulgar at all in the free 30. We absolutely let our hair down and I'm not going to say no holds barred. That's why it's not X-rated, but got to earmuff the kids because you never know where it will go. That's right. And with that said, on to our final story of the Free 30. So the nation was gripped yesterday by this Facebook outage and Instagram outage. I think Instagram is probably the one that really affected people the most. I mean, there were some people who probably did not know what to do with themselves yesterday. I don't use any of those platforms, so I was not really affected by it. But just seeing people talk, it was interesting to see how Twitter and all the other platforms benefited from it. I think it was Signal. I know Signal was one of them that had millions of new subscribers. I think Signal and Telegram, it drove millions of people to those platforms. So they, I guess people were bored and they were checking out what else was available. So these other groups benefited off of it. And Facebook still is going to keep all these customers too. So I guess everybody wins in the end. Zuckerberg did lose like six billion at one point, but of course the stock has already started to tick back up. So you know what probably happened? A bunch of rich people probably saw it when it tanked, probably bought up a whole bunch of Facebook stock and cashed in today. Maybe that's why they tanked it. See, that's the thing about gambling is that if somebody's in control of the outcome, I mean, if Zuckerberg did that on purpose, because I think they did it on purpose, because if you're going to make a change like that, you're not going to make it on Monday morning. You make it at midnight on Friday. Like, I know web developers or whatever, like software guys, and they're just like, well, you always make the change in the middle of the night, Friday at midnight. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing about Facebook and Facebook platforms in general, so Instagram as well, is they're not going anywhere. This is such a powerful tool of organization and propaganda and mass control. They would not focus on it so much if it were actually going somewhere. So when it tanks like that, it's an opportunity for people that are wealthy enough to buy up a bunch of the stock. I wanted to point out something because there was a conversation about what caused this outage. And the Facebook engineering team came out and said that they've learned that a configure that configuration changes on the backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between their data DNB centers caused this interrupted communication and that it disrupted network traffic and had a cascading effect on the way their data centers communicate. If you understand what that means, and I admire you because it's very confusing the way they described it, although... If that's true what they said, then they just told all the hackers around the world how, how you can cripple some of the largest platforms in existence. 
Well, where I read it, what, the way I read it in the Wall Street Journal is that for some unknown reason, they withdrew their BGP, which is the Border Gateway Protocol. So it just out of nowhere, somebody did something that did that. And that's why I kind of thought it was on purpose. And yeah, I, I think it's totally on purpose. And here, yeah. here's why. One of the reasons I think it's on purpose, and of course, there are always coincidences, but this just seems a little weird. So this was right, right after that testimony or that whistleblower, right after Facebook was getting drilled on Capitol Hill. And also, it happened to be during Cybersecurity Awareness <laughs> Month, which... <laughs> I didn't know was Cybersecurity Awareness Month until during the midst of this yesterday, the Come FBI on. tweeted out that this is you Cybersecurity are. Awareness Month, and we are partnering with the Secret Service to do all these events during Cybersecurity Awareness Month to make people aware of what can happen if their critical infrastructure online is attacked. Well, what a perfect demonstration uh. to create awareness around that. And not to mention that, the Aspen Institute Cyber Summit, which focuses on the same su- subject, is going on right now. Come on. All at the same time. That's so ridiculous. Well, I might call that a perfect storm because (laughs) that's I have been tweeting this since the beginning. So there was a perfect storm in Texas. There was like a storm and then a perfect storm of like five other things. That whole Texas outage thing was bullcrap. I talked about it up the wazoo. No way was that for reals. I found the the pre-planning thing from 2017. Then I saw something last week from China. Perfect storm. Power outage. Then I found something and I tweeted. I was like, another perfect storm. And then I just saw one like from Brazil or Kabul, Afghanistan. Oh, another perfect storm. Another perfect storm. So anytime there's a perfect storm, it means it's so unbelievably unlikely because there are so many redundancies they call them that it could just never ever happen yet just slapping perfect storm on there well they're perfect storms all the time it's crap and what i do in addition to what you're talking about i'm sure the cybersecurity thing is all an excuse to get back doors into stuff i mean obviously they're getting everybody into the virtual world and then they're making sure they have absolute total control of everything that comes down to us and they have complete awareness of everything that comes up from us But all of this, a lot of this is really reminiscent for me of the Servando Gonzalez book, Psychological Warfare in the New World Order, where he, I never heard anybody talk about it before or after, that he says that what happened to Cuba was on purpose. Cuba was the most advanced place in the region, as we probably, that rings true, we remember that. And they took it down as an as a as a trial run of how to third world the more advanced countries, because that's what you have to do to control it, to control the whole world at once and all that. So I kind of um, I, I see all this as like a reset. They, they talk about how they're going to propagandize people with when the screens are down. They are thinking about this stuff. There is I really feel like we're being reset. We're being leveled down or downgraded. Anyway, it also happens to be happening at the same time that Facebook is facing antitrust suits. And for me, I think they like that stuff. The antitrust suits, they'll definitely be able to work it in their favor how that comes out. So maybe this will play into it's too big, too big to fail. We need to break it up. Or on the other hand, maybe they'll use it as a threat. Like, hey, look what happens when we go down. You don't want that to happen, do you? So I feel like This was orchestrated, and there are a lot of possible explanations for it, usually all at once. Like, Uh, they multitask. This whole thing screams orchestrated, starting with that whistleblower who is the most (laughs) just 
stereotypical created person whistleblow she used to work at google and pinterest just went to went to harvard i think at oh, the same yeah. time she kicked it Zuckerberg. off she kicked it off yeah and, and she is just she's already got like a verified account on twitter from what i understand she just got signed up for twitter and she's almost like a celebrity status now just total setup totally get it yeah totally it's all ridiculous all right i got a few things in the wrap for you one is i'm a little nervous announcing things that make me nervous are we gonna do the dnb live on rockfin on thursday is this gonna happen i think we should i think we should give it a shot okay then if we're gonna do it it's gonna be 4 p.m on the nose eastern time on rockfin and i don't know if this is something I don't think we should try this now, but hopefully we'll be able to do it eventually so that we can do the free 30. You had a great idea. Like do the free 30 on YouTube. I know if we did it on Facebook, it would get the live stuff goes right to the top. We could put it on Rockfin free. That's fine too. But I'm afraid that it'll get screwed up to like turn it off and then just have the XR separate. So like the first one should be, or at least in the beginning should be premium. So it'll be the yeah. whole DMB XR. But if we finish before an hour, we can open it up to some questions. So if you are around and you can plug in live to Rockfin, pop in there and we'll try to do a little Q&A at the very end. So that's this Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And I have a fantastic shout out from our friend Brian, a.k.a. ATLian. He says, shout out to the enigmatic forest-friendly friend Voltarine, whom I would not have met were it not for Liberty on the Rocks many years ago, hosted by Brad and Monica, the very same Liberty on the Rocks where I met them, you and me. Yeah. So if it was- I love those two. I love them too. When we've met them now numerous times, if I I'm positive that Liberty on the Rocks, if it was Liberty on the Rocks proper, that was Mr. A ran that. Mr. A bought food for it. He had a big party, and I'm not sure you were at the first one, but he goes at, at the, the second, second one. one. Yes, yeah, so we did remote. We did a remote on the air from the second one. I think I might have done a remote also in the first one at the Harp, which is gone now. The Harp. Irish pub in Roswell. It was really, mm. really great. I like it when like there's bikers around, people with no teeth and stuff. It's fun. <laughs> I liked it a lot. So anyway, so that's great. Those guys are friends or more than friends. Who knows? Who <laughs> knows? That'll be for another shout out. All Save right. That well, for we'll leave that out. mystery to for another time. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and sign up through our channel there. We will talk to y'all in the DNBXR or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.